it's Lucy Litch, and this is Tiny House Conversations. It's the Australian-based podcast where I interview experienced tiny houses, tiny builders, and adventurers in the tiny world, so you can discover how to create, build, and transition into tiny life. Before we get into the show, I'd love to know... Is there a particular topic you'd like to learn more about or a guest in the tiny house world that you'd love me to get on the podcast? Maybe you know of a tiny house with an interesting story or a tiny builder who builds amazing tiny homes and offers a professional, ethical and reliable service. Or maybe you know of other experts or adventurers in the tiny house space who have a message that needs to be heard. Whatever the case, I'd love to hear from you and you can head over to tinyhouseconversations.com forward slash request. If you enter your guest or topic request there, I'll do what I can to make it happen for you. Thanks so much. Now let's intro today's episode. Hey, it's Lucy and welcome back to Tiny House Conversations. Today I'm speaking with Chris Edwards and Bri Joy, who are interior designers based in Tweed Heads in New South Wales and a DIY building a tiny home without any building experience. Chris and Bri see and feel the housing affordability crisis and want to be part of the revolution. This first tiny home is built on spec and they are filming and sharing the entire journey. As two renters who are terrified of having to move again and unable to afford to buy, they can see that their future is in a tiny home. They're determined to build the most beautiful tiny home in Australia from the perspective of women and are confident someone will want it for their home, Airbnb or vacation house. They have no idea what they're doing, but are excited to be part of this community and learn along the way, sharing their ups and downs as they go. And in this conversation, we talk all about their DIY tiny house building project, the multi-purpose mission behind building their tiny home, women in building and lady tradies. We also talked about some of the main features they'll be including in their tiny house, some of the challenges they've experienced during this project, and lots more. This was such a fun conversation, and you'll notice that throughout the episode, there are many laughs. Brian and Chris are so playful and friendly and fun and silly, and they bring lightness to every situation it feels like. And you can't help but smile or laugh as you hear their story. And they're such an inspiration, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So on to the show with Brian and Chris. Chris and Bri, welcome to Tiny House Conversations, and thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Hey. Hey, we're stoked to be here. <laughs> so happy to have you here. And you know, both of you are interior designers, your single moms and your best friends, and I'd love if you're able to share a bit about your backgrounds and what sparked your interest in tiny houses and then what it also inspired you on this exciting DIY building project of a tiny house together. Brian and I met uh, a few years ago and Bri was really interested in interior design and she was going through a bit of a difficult period in her life, which we can talk about later, but we'll do the, we'll do the short version. <laughs> um, so I offered to mentor her and she used to come around a couple days a week and then I was like, geez, she's actually pretty good. She's like a really good designer. And, and then it's like two days turned into three days. And then pretty soon we were like 
sister wives. Yeah. As we like to say, non-sexual life partners. Yeah, we're pretty soon it kind of switched from Chris helping me to then me helping Chris in an assistant way and then, yeah, just evolved like and then suddenly we're like collaborating with other business ideas and, yeah, so it went from her helping me to me helping her to then working together. Being partners, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And having a shitload of fun while we're doing it, so. Yeah, we do. We struggle with, like, actually switching off from work. Like, we're always talking about work stuff in personal hours and vice versa. But it's not a bad thing. Like, we're genuinely <laughs> excited. So we, as you know, being interior designers, and I've done it now for 25 years, is it's a wonderful career. I love it. Brian loves it. But everything we design is for other people. We're taking their dreams and their ideas and making them a reality. And I have had so many ideas that I haven't been able to express because I just haven't had the right client. So we kind of had the same fantasy that I think so many people have, which is like, oh, let's do a fixer up or let's buy a house and renovate it. We're going to do better than anybody else. We're going to kill it. And we thought maybe we pool our resources and maybe borrow from every single person we know we we can do that and then oh my gosh the property prices in the last two years insane right so that just completely went out the window so then I was like what what little thing could we renovate so I thought oh maybe we can renovate a caravan so I started looking into it and I thought and I was kind of excited but I could see a lot of people were doing a pretty good job at it um and then a friend of ours he's like nah you need to build a tiny house Yep. And I'm like, what's a tiny home? Yep, that's when I thought she was talking about dollhouses. I didn't know what she was banging on about with tiny homes. <laughs> so we started doing research and I thought, wow, let's not renovate anything. Let's build something from scratch. Yep. And then so the kernel of the idea was really probably about like our egos and design and wanting to just yeah. do something ourselves. That was ours. We were picking we were picking our like furniture and finishes for us, not for somebody else. Yeah. And um, but then we kind of like as we like sort of took a deep dive into the tiny home community world, we're like started realizing yeah. that this wasn't just like a money-making venture. We were actually quite passionate about um what it does, what it represents, the problems it solves for people. And that like, maybe we could take this in the direction, like not only a design direction, but like a new career direction and possibly a philanthropic direction. Like that we are what part of the revolution in like solving like the housing affordability problem, you know? So we just thought like, this is aligning on so many levels. Absolutely. And, you know, with this housing affordability, it affects every single one of us. And so the tiny house movement and the tiny house lifestyle is something that a lot of people are considering. And I think it's so cool to have this marriage between the interior design and the tiny house building. And I'd love to know, um, what's the bigger picture for you? Because you're beginning this journey of DIY building a tiny home for yourself. What's the bigger picture for that? What are you hoping to create beyond that? What, what, where's the first tiny home going to go? Okay, so this is the million-dollar question. <laughs> we, we're kind of like, it's not that we don't have the end in mind. It's that we have a number of happy endings. Yeah, we've got, it's like story. a tree with all these branches. We're not quite sure which yeah. branch it's going to go off onto. Which isn't for lack of organization on our part, but we're just not sure what's going to happen. So let's let's talk about what we're doing. So we both have, um, we're both single moms and 
we're not ready to live in a tiny home because we have, we each have two kids and a dog. So um, two teenagers, two teenagers. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and people do that and good on them, but we're not ready. We see that in our future. So the first thing was like, let's build it on spec the same way a builder would build a house and, and not for a client, but just on spec and then sell it. Like you would um, a house that you were flipping. We're doing that, but with a tiny house, you know, and I don't know, I don't think we know anyone is doing that. Mostly you get builders that are building it for people, but we're building it for an imaginary client. And then we want to build. So the original idea was that we build one and we hopefully like smash it. And then we build two and then we become a tiny home builder, but maybe not so much going down the um, custom route as where we're building for people, but where we're building them beautifully ready to go and people could just buy them. You know what I'm saying? Because so, we we looked around and realized there's like a six to nine month waiting period for a lot of these companies. So we just want to start pumping them out to a design standard that we think is going to be really different from the competition. Like nothing against what people are doing, but we feel like when we look around at what's being built, we think men have designed them. Yeah. Like so we want to like, yeah, totally bring that female perspective and interior to the tiny home. Which, yeah. And a bit of luxury. Yeah. And I don't mean like luxury, like, you know, gold chandeliers, but like, there's not a lot of attention to detail. There's a lot of attention being paid to utility. Like, oh, look, the, the stairs slide out and then yeah. this expands, you lift up this hatch <laughs> and you can store your surfboard and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I'm all, we're ordering like beautiful like um, knobs from Etsy for the kitchen and nobody's doing that. And we're going to put some wallpaper in the bathroom. And we're like thinking, how can we do make the kitchen bench something nicer than just timber? Like everybody does timber and people go, Oh, well, that's what you do. But I don't think like that. I think like, let's do this complete. Let's turn it all on its head and do it differently and make it really fresh. So of course I'm totally digressing here, but it does go into like, (laughs) yeah. So we might end up as like, like, tiny home builders with a company but the reality is it it may not be profitable and we're prepared for that and so um we may go down the path of building a community to do this on a philanthropic level like where this these we build these for women escaping domestic violence and bry is a domestic violence survivor yeah um for like homeless people are people we live right near the floods and we volunteered to clean up after the floods. And like, there are so many people without homes. And I'm like, we just see that this, this solves a number of problems. And, um, and even if we are like kick-ass multi-million dollar multinational tiny home builders, there's no way we're doing that without a philanthropic arm yeah. to it. We just couldn't, we just feel like this is going to solve solve problems for people who are really in need and we want to be part of that solution yeah absolutely imagine like you know having um going into like a recovery house for a minute and it's a beautiful little tiny home you know it's not some rundown motel apartment that you you know when you're at the bottom of life and you've got nowhere to live and you know sometimes you end up in shady little hotels like how amazing would it be if you had this yeah beautiful little tiny home to go into when you're trying to heal because you've lost your home you've been kicked out whatever's happened to you 
So I sort of see that because, you know, when you're in a, when you're not in a good space and you're either homeless or you've got these stresses, like for me, it was, this is kind of what led my curiosity into interior design. It was just so important for me to be in a beautiful space because um, I also suffer from agoraphobia. So, you know, there was a period of time there where I didn't leave my house or my room and, you know, when you're in a crappy space, you just kind of look around and it kind of pushes you deeper out down into the darkness. So mm. if we were to do this on some kind of, um, I can't say that word. Philanthropic. Philanthropic level. <laughs> to me, I'm just like, you know, you're picking people up from the, the dirt. So how beautiful to pick them up and just put them into a little respite house if you can. Yeah, but that isn't just like, what do you call it? I'm not, obviously I'm American, a donger. It's a donger, yeah, it's not a donger. (laughs) Like it doesn't feel like some crappy low income, like, oh, these were used at a mining camp for two years. Here, go in here. Like we don't need to just give people shelter. We need to give them dignity. Yeah, and that because that's the thing, you know, you people don't realise that when you're homeless, like, you know, it doesn't change who you are as a person, but there's a lot of shame that comes with it. And there's also a lot of judgment. You know, people don't know your story and they just see you as being homeless. And then, you know, a lot of society thinks homeless is the the low, the lowest part of society, but they actually don't know what perch that, that person's fallen off. You know, I fell off a pretty high perch when I ended up being homeless. I had a, you know, a good career. I was a, a youth social worker and, you know, it was all happening. And then, suddenly you fall off and you know within seconds your whole life has changed um and then yeah you do have that extra bit to get through of moving through um the shame and the judgment and just the way people see you so we want to create something beautiful for those people and pick them back up again Oh, I love it. And what I'm hearing as both of you are sharing, it's like the holistic multi-purposes in this project for you guys. It's not about just about you know, building a house for someone. It's There's there's so much humanity here and helping people with um, that have been through these different experiences. And I think that is such a beautiful offering. And, you know, you did also mention that maybe it becomes a business and maybe it doesn't but I would dare say that you know whatever this journey brings is going to be so many learning experiences and you know joys and challenges and and connecting with different people and so that's that's really great and I think you also mentioned as well Chris uh, about building from a woman's perspective and I know that I've seen you talk about um the the term lady tradies and that you're wanting to work with (laughs) with as many women as possible during this project can you talk a little bit more about that yeah so Brian I don't really have any building skills and we just thought after spending like you know in the last 25 years basically in meetings or in front of a computer or at a showroom I was like craving doing something with my hands. And like, I don't know that I would be up for that for the next 20 years, but Bri, who has fibromyalgia and is in a lot of pain. And she's like, I want to stretch myself. I want to see what my body can do. So we decided that we were going to build as much of this tiny home as possible. Um, We have a wonderful builder who agreed to take us on. We have just finished our first two days on site. And man, I burnt myself, bruised myself. Bryce, like you have bruises all over your legs. Had blood. We had our first like injury. And Bri goes home and she, she, it's like a truck's run over her. And yet we could not be happier. 
And we and the response that we're getting from the men, yeah, it's great, is amazing, yeah, amazing. Like they're so stoked to work with us. They're encouraging. Like we've had companies like Trade Tools and Racine, and be like, "We need more people like you. We love what you're doing and offering to help." And somebody drove by, is like, "Oh, I could, you know, take my forklift and help you get your yeah. roof on if you want." Like. I don't think I'm not honestly I give guys credit they're not looking for a date with us you know no, what I mean? but they are like very helpful but we also have like want to reach out to female trades so yes. because we really like you know we're not we're not all about women but it's a space where we want to encourage it and then just by being on Instagram and you know I guess following the hashtag of lady tradies there's some epic women out there doing some awesome stuff so we've got a female electrician that we've found to yeah. get on board it was like finding a needle in a haystack yeah. that was hard like to find yeah female tradies we can find a lot in melbourne and stuff but we were really struggling with it um to find female tradies up here on the on the gold coast and what did we learn this morning our um builder mick who's like full old school builder he has still wears his volleys yeah He's got two teen daughters and we're like, do they want to come help? And he went and talked to them. He's like, they do. And my one daughter, she's amazing at tiling. And we're so excited to have them come by. They're excited. And we're feeling a lot of excitement and love from other female tradies out there in the, in the um, social media universe. It's pretty cool. There's like a real positive vibe and we're getting a lot of um, really cool feedback from the men too. Yeah. And not in a like, you know. Yeah, no, just in a like, we're, we're champions. I think they think it's cool. It's just kind of that simple. They're kind of amused they and impressed. They are very amused. We get lots of head shakes from <laughs> our um, lead builder. Yeah. I'm sure there are moments that he may like use words to his normal employees, but he just shakes his head at us. Yeah. And there's lots of fun. We have lots of fun on site. We have so much fun. We literally don't stop laughing. And then we fall into a heap at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, I, c- I can totally imagine that just watching you guys online. I can see how much fun you're having. And, and it feel- it, even just talking to you now, it's, it's infectious. And I think it's really inspiring what you're doing too, because I and just speaking from my own experience as a woman, and you know, I'm going to be having my tiny house built later in the year, but I've had this like limitation of of like I, I would love to learn all these different skills and carpentry and cabinet making and stuff like that, but there is this limitation as well. And seeing what people like you and then I've seen a few other women build their tiny home or you know um, get a bunch of friends together and do it, and and so it's just yeah, I think it's really inspiring and I suppose pave the way for for others to to maybe think about, well, maybe I can do it, you know, maybe. Uh, you can. It, yeah. yeah, totally. In case you can't tell from our voices, I'm 50 years old, Rise <laughs> 41 years old. I Like we don't have any skills. We walked into trade tools and we're like, I did not know what anything even was. We had a little list. Yep. We watch a bit of YouTube. We do some research online. We ask questions. We ask for help. We don't pretend we know something we don't, but like, it's not rocket science. We're not trying to become brain no. surgeons. There's nothing that we can't learn to do. And if it's beyond our capabilities, we pay someone to do it. Yeah, and there's a lot of gratification in it. Like this morning I've just been drilling so many holes. 
<laughs> drilling so many There's screws. So drilling. There's so much screwing. I tell you what, the back of my neck and my arms are like, oh. But there's just so much gratification in it. Like after an hour of scoring, I'm like, yes, I've mastered the screw. I'm in the like screw like flow and I'm like, yeah. And then I get cocky and then I like snap a screw, like I snap the whatever the drill bit. Mick just shakes his head. I'm like, well, that's number two for this morning. And then, you know, you I challenge myself to go, right, no more breaking and then get back into the flow. So, yeah, just something as simple as drilling, I find so much gratification in it because I'm actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah, and you're learning a new skill and it's going to go into something that, you know, you really care about and that's meaningful for you too. So I love that. And I, I'm curious as well, so just like this whole process that you've both been going through, you know, from idea to research to the design process and now starting the build, you know, what what has that been like and are there, you know, any challenges that you've come up during that process? Well, I think that I'm going to take a, a step back and and kind of comment also on what Bri just said, which is that I've I've had a lot of business ideas. I've been quite entrepreneurial in my life and um, they some have succeeded and some have failed, but generally like I'm focused on the goal, the outcome, right? Whereas with this, I have focused on and genuinely enjoyed the journey, the process. Like I am excited to build this tiny home. Like, yes, I want to make money at the end, right? I am looking forward to making mistakes. Like we do not go more than two or three hours with making without making a mistake. We put a <laughs> wall in upside hours. down. Two or three hours. Are you like two <laughs> maybe an hour? <laughs> Twenty to thirty minutes. You know, like so. Oh my gosh, my tiny home trailer is two point four wide. All of my frames are for a for a tiny home that's two point four five wide. <laughs> so, like, there was some extra welding. There is some like we solved it. Like. I would say anybody who's thinking of doing this themselves or even doing part of it themselves, get ready to make mistakes, get ready yeah. to pull those screws back out, get ready to scratch your head and be like, huh, well, we've got a problem. And then like to start solving it. And I guess we've gone in, into this with such an attitude of like humor. And like, I wonder what the next problem is going to be. I wonder where we're going to lose money. Like, I wonder what, like, and I'm constantly like that mistake when other people would come on site and they'd be like, oh, why are you doing this? And Mick would very respectfully say like, oh, well, the framers didn't make it this, whatever. I'd be like, because I screwed up because <laughs> I didn't tell the trailer guy and the frame people the same dimension. And I'm like, it's so empowering to own your mistakes and have a bit of a laugh at yourself or anybody else that makes a mistake. So when I started, I... What I tried to do, which I have done with past businesses, and I would encourage anybody to think like this, is I can put it, I am very goal-oriented, but I can put blinders on and be like, I'm going to make this happen come hell or high water. And you don't see the warning signs. You don't see the stop signs. It'd be like, hey, hey, maybe this isn't a good idea. So as I went from like, oh, let's just do some research. Let's call some tiny home companies. Let's go to the tiny home show. Let's draw up a floor plan. Let's talk to a builder. Yeah. At every point, I was willing to abandon this. At any point, I was be like, you know what? This doesn't stack up. This doesn't make sense. But and everybody I talked to, it was incredible. Honestly, I can't. It was incredible how many people would be like, oh my god, you guys are going to kill it. Yeah. Not like that. So much support, so encouragement, encouragement, and not the kind like your mom or your dad goes, oh, that's nice, <laughs> honey. That sounds really great. 
you're so talented. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we expect that. It's like people we barely knew were being like, that is rad. What yeah. that is the best idea I've heard in a long time. Like it was such an overwhelming series of green lights that now we are like, we're in. We committed. And how was it like a week ago? I, I really hit a moment of sheer terror. Oh my, what have I done? What have I done? I've risked my entire life savings. I've borrowed money. I'm dragging Brizey here with fibromyalgia <laughs> and PTSD way out of her comfort zone. Um, I'm risking a lot on this dream. What the F was I thinking? You yeah. know, and then in comes the humor. In comes the humor. <laughs> because Deep if we breath. don't have the humor, we yeah. we we can't do it. I just I just feel the fear. Like that's bravery, right? Being afraid and doing it anyway. I was like, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. And then yeah, so and then the more I got into the rabbit hole of researching and looking at tiny homes, the more I just fell in love with the idea and the whole tiny home and currently like my wardrobe wouldn't even fit in the tiny home that we're building so even just with the the mindset for in the future to really like downsize and go minimal and you know what do we need all this stuff for it's just stuff so just the thought of you know once the kids move out and then Mm. really start to just get everything minimal I feel like I would be so happy in a tiny home. Yeah, tiny home is synonymous with freedom. Freedom, simplicity, and as you said just then, Bri, to you know, just reassessing how much do we actually need and how much space do we need. So, yeah, definitely. And you mentioned the trailer before as well, Chris. So um, where, did, where did you get your trailer from and, and what kind of trailer is it? I'm probably not going to use the correct um, technical <laughs> terms, so just bear with That's me. That's so but fine. It's... <laughs> It's 2.4 by 7.2. Um, it's got six wheels, galvanized. And I basically just, everything we've done has been through Google. You know, like I Googled tiny home <laughs> trailer and I emailed people everywhere from um, Sunshine Coast to Melbourne because I thought if I get a good price, I can afford to bring it up here. And I found this great guy, um, Matthew from, I can you can put it in the show notes or whatever. It's HMJ Trailers. And um, whereas like most people would charge between 10 and 12 for that, Matthew was doing it for eight for us. Yeah. And then we did our walls in um, light gauge steel framing. And that was done by Brett's. Brett's Modular, I think they're called. Yeah, Brett's. Yeah, I think they're Brett's Modular. I think I've heard of them. Yeah. So, and that was really fun. So this was a big challenge. I was so confused about how to get this done. And they actually sent this amazing guy, Paul, over. He came to my house, opened up a laptop, looked at my floor plans and had an engineering program where he basically just designed it in front of me in 3D and like it like it calculated everything that needed to be calculated. And then I said, yep, that looks like it, you know, and he's like, oh, you your window can't be that big. And I'm like, okay. And I really pushed back and he was. And, and I would tell anybody that this is what they will most likely experience is um, being an interior designer happens all the time. You'll get a, no, that's not how you do it, or we don't do it that way. And then you go, okay, I hear you. Why? What can we do? The reason I want this is because this is the aesthetic I'm trying to achieve. And they're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, well, mate, you know, we can put an extra post here. Oh, hold on. And then they get all excited because then they're solving 
a problem for you. So when you get a no, respectfully push, ask for them to help you solve that problem. And then a no turns into a yes. And we have a tiny home design that is not going to look like all the other tiny home designs out there. Like I was, there's no freaking way I was just going to be a copycat. What's the point? Yeah. So um, yeah, to continue. So he literally over the course of an hour, like that little engineering program basically designed up all our walls and then they made them. The trailer got delivered to the um, Bretts who was making the frames and they just stacked all the frames like a Lego set, flat packed onto the trailer and delivered it to us. And we're now building it. They're so kind of fascinated with us that Paul has actually yeah. stopped by a couple times to see what we're up to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's coming back today. <laughs> yeah. Because we did discover at the end of the day yesterday that we had put one of the walls in upside down. <laughs> so, um, and by this stage, Mick, our our builder had left and then I messaged him when I got home and was like, oh, yeah, by the way, one of our walls is upside down, but no biggie. And he rang me straight away and he's like, did you really just say no biggie? I'm like, it's no biggie, man. Like, And he's like, I'm not going to sleep tonight. And I'm like, well, I am. (laughs) (laughs) We we were talking about this this morning is that um, I think that this is not man bashing, but there is a culture that we're discovering. I, I know from being an interior designer that on on work sites it can be really negative. Like there's there's like you make a mistake, you get yelled at, or it's like things don't go right and like you've had a bad day. Whereas like we expect things to not go perfectly. We laugh. Yeah. And um our work site, I'm proud to say, is so fun and positive and happy. And everyone who's kind of coming around is like having a good time. Like the welder pushed another job to come back today. We had a yeah. good laugh, a good talk about he's from Israel. And like, it's incredible. And we're like, I know this is super woo-woo, but we're like, why does a work site have to be this sort of toxic, yelling, bad day, go home in a bad mood? negative like unless it's like the sun is shining and everything goes perfect it's not good we think every day is good yeah. and that's how we're approaching our work site we're a bit of a revelation to everyone who's <laughs> meeting us and coming by so far yeah they're like wow this work site's different <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you know what though just like listening to, to both of you uh, I can really feel this not everyone is going to go out and do something like this. Like people have ideas and oh, I'd love to do this and they watch other people and they, you know, all of that. And there's something to be said about feels like this drive and this go-get attitude and then this laughing at yourselves and, you know, making things lighter and, and just more enjoyable. And um, it's not every day that, you know, people will, will jump into such a massive project like this but your attitudes are really inspiring around just how you operate and maybe every construction site needs a Chris and a Bri there or something it sounds like well yeah (laughs) well I guess it's like think about it like if if somebody's you know listening to this and they're not doing a tiny tiny house on wheels they're like just building a little extension or whatever like even if you're not doing the building if you're just running that you're just hiring the subbies or whatever, like set the tone for fun, expect mistakes. Jeez, we could all get hit by a bus tomorrow. If I got hit by a bus tomorrow, I'd be like, well, you know what? The day before is pretty freaking fun. Yeah, Chris was up on the scaffold today and I was just holding the camera because I'm like, oh, if she falls, that's good footage. Yeah. 
And she uh, didn't pull. Yeah, I was holding a rope with all my might, like pulling this beam. And then like a really good song came on. So I thought that was an opportunity to just dance a little bit, you know? Why not? Oh, I love it. I love it. I feel like I just want to come to the the site yeah, that you're come building your home come list to, you know? <laughs> might set up a DJ soon too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so fun. Well, actually, speaking of that, so whereabouts is your house being built? Like, have you had to hire somewhere? Is it on on a piece of land somewhere, or a, where? Yeah, where is it being built? Of all places, <laughs> it's a boat yard in Chindra on the Tweed River, which is about fifteen minutes south oh. of us. We live in Tweed Heads, right on the Coolangatta border. Um, so this is really close, less than fifteen minutes, and there's just boats there. And our friend, the same one who suggested we build a tiny house said, oh, I've seen a tiny house. So we called up the guy, Chris. He's like, sure, you can build your tiny house here. And it's, um, we're just paying 80 bucks a week, which we think is pretty reasonable considering what commercial rent would be if we were to do that. And yeah. then once it's at lockup stage, we're going to see, we're, we're hoping we can bring it to my house so that we can just putter around and like pop out on a Saturday if we feel like painting or putting a few architraves up or et cetera. Um, but for this big build where we've got scaffolding and stuff like that. We're literally doing it and we're just surrounded by people's boats. And there's like a work shed down the back where I'm not sure what the guys are doing. I, I guess know. they're working on boats yeah. and yeah, they come and check in on us, see if we need anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they people are so nice. We're like a novelty, <laughs> like a sideshow. Yeah. So, so fun. So fun. I love it. And uh, I'm curious to know as well. So, just some of the features that you're going to be having in the home. Um, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, okay, let's start from the outside. I wanted the house to feel like a small traditional house. I am not a huge fan of some of the weird things that people do with their cladding and the weird shapes and cuts on things. You wouldn't do that to a house. So I'm approaching, I've approached the design of this. It's like, if I wouldn't do it to a house, I wouldn't do it to my, to a tiny home. I don't want it to feel like a weird caravan. I want it to feel like a beautiful house in miniature. So everything from like the weatherboard cladding to, you know, architraves. And I've put in as many windows and doors as Paul, Possible. the framing guy, would let me. So tons of glass and light. There's a big skylight. We kind of, we decided to go with a loft for the master bedroom. And I did a lot of research and and. I think most people aren't having a whole family in them unless they're doing significantly bigger, tiny homes. So, and I didn't want just a couple chairs. I'm like, I, we need a, a, a nice sofa, a nice place to lounge and watch TV or read. So what we've done is at the opposite side of the loft bedroom, which floats over the kitchen or over the bathroom, sorry, is we've basically created like a day bed area with a little pop-out window so it's going to be the size of a single bed, but it's going to have like an upholstered mattress with beautiful accent cushions all around it. So it's like a really generous, you could throw three people on there if you're using it as a sofa or throw the accent cushions on the ground, throw a sheet over it. And it's an extra single bed if you've got somebody visiting you or if somebody was renting it out for Airbnb, they've got the quote unquote master. And then they've also can throw their kid down on that little single bed. So we kind of did double duty there. We are really just doing those touches that we have yet to be seen. We're going to do kind of an art gallery wall as you're going up the stairs. We're going to do like a, a cool little jute runner going down the stairs, a kill em rug. We're doing um, kitchen counters 
um, will look like they won't be solid marble, but we found a product that will look like marble. We've done like copper sinks and taps and in the bathroom, for example, we have bought like a really cute vintage chest of drawers, which we're going to paint and put funky marble handles on. So that's going to be the vanity. We're going to do some wallpaper. Um, we're actually going to, nobody seems to use any tile. We know that because there's weight, but we're going to actually tile the floor in this gorgeous marble mosaic. Um, we're going to do like a beautiful, probably semi-frameless shower screen. So it's not going to have that, what I feel like is a very white, plasticky, afterthought, no color, nothing. We're going to have like a funky mirror. I don't know what, maybe like a gold sunburst mirror, like a Mexican mirror or something. Bathrooms are a refuge. Yeah. I like, I love my bathroom. Yeah. Bathrooms are as important as a bedroom. For sure. Yeah. The smaller it is, the more we need to do to make it like a little jewel. Yeah, where you just don't even want to leave. You just want to hang out in your bathroom. Yeah, we've got a full-size shower, 900 by 900. Um, Here's another thing. We're putting the washing machine in the bathroom. Why does nobody hide it? They just like stick it in there. I'm going to get a custom little bifold door so it's hidden so you don't see it. I, I'm so tired of people yeah. utility, 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 utility. And I'm like, aesthetics, aesthetics, aesthetics. This is a 25-year interior designer coming out. Right yeah, now. I was going to say. My <laughs> interior design, like, lying on. Yeah, and she's, what, spent 25 years having other people tell you what they want. So she's like, woo, <laughs> yeah, I get to have whatever I want. Yeah, I'm going to put some crazy-ass wallpaper up. And if you don't like it, you don't have to buy it. Uh, so good. I mean, you get, you know, be, to be able to express yourself fully and, and you know, that's that's great. And uh, it sounds like a lot of character in, in the home too. So I can't wait to see how it unfolds. And uh, what, what size is the home going to be? 2.5 by 7.2 by yeah. 2. full height. So it's 3.5 up from we've done the flat deck trailer, which I hemmed and hawed because the ones that, I don't know what they call, but they bump up over the wheels. Like, yes, they're closer to the ground, but that little bump up just, yeah, just doesn't look nice. So we also want to design, we want to get a friend who's an engineer to help us. We want to design like a really cool modular decking system that that really hides all that and, and flows into the landscape so that it doesn't just feel like this thing sitting in the middle of nowhere. We want it to feel like it hugs the earth and gets integrated with the landscape, but then something that people can then just quickly pull apart, throw in the back of the truck that's towing the tiny home. And what's that expression? Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. Find a new space to, to be. So you mentioned before as well, I think it was you, Chris, you were saying you've had times where you've questioned like, what am I doing? You know, what have I got myself into and, and all of that? And, I, and I'm wondering for both of you, you know, have there been any other internal obstacles that, that you've come up against and, you know, how you've moved through them or anything like that? My biggest, we just had a um, little session about a week ago that was really cool that I got off of the um, happiness lab, it's called WHOOP, which is wish outcome obstacle plan. And it's basically because I've often made the mistake, to be honest, of being overly positive, like think positive, think positive, just go get it, like live your best life, blah, blah, blah. But then you just don't plan for the worst outcome. And those people don't actually succeed. Basically, optimists 
And pessimists don't succeed as much as realists who engage in something called contrast thinking, which is that we wanted to be crystal clear about our outcome and our wish and all that positive stuff. And then we imagine, and then imagine everything could go wrong. So for me, the biggest thing that I feel could go wrong is money. I have such a tight budget. I have very little room for movement, maybe 2000. And the fact is I'm done my best to research this budget, but I quite easily could get something wrong, which means that the whole build could grind to a halt. I could, you know, spend six, nine months of my life and then not make a single penny. I might have to borrow more money from the bank. And what if they say no, then I'm going to have to go to friends and family. Like, and that's really stressful. Money is stressful. I'm quite sure people can feel that. So for me, the biggest um, obstacle was getting enough money and will continue to be keeping enough money. And then I think that with Bri, her obstacles are more internal, but I'll let her. Yeah, so my obstacles are more um, the commitment to actually building, like and just with my body, um, I often have where I have a, a fibro flare, which means I can be in bed for days because my body's just out of control in pain. Um, so for me, it's kind of I because I'm committed to the process and the journey, like I don't want to let anybody down by not turning up or not being able to work. I also like, I mean, before I met Chris, there was no way you were going to get me in front of a a video camera and there was absolutely no way I was going to be as public as I am on social media. Um, I hate being in front of the camera. I have so much anxiety. So even just doing stuff like that for me is like a push to push through my comfort zone and to put myself out out there to the world for the world to see and and maybe judge me I don't know so yeah a lot of it's for me is like about being exposed to the world um and physically pushing through the actual build like I've I mean I generally what I have maybe four good hours out four or five good hours out of a day where like you know I can be productive um, and then I like have to tap out. My brain melts down, my body melts down. So what, yesterday I was up working from like eight to five, which, I mean, was a, that's a big day for me. I know that's just normal for other people. This morning I was there at 7.30 yeah, going legends. hard. Like I said to Chris just before on the on the drive back here, I'm like, oh, just to let you know, like, oh, I'm hurting, like I'm hurting hard but I have to keep going so I actually find it so I was just kind of this morning I was um just cleaning up the site because I find if I stop it's really hard for me to get my body to go again so I just kind of have to keep going and and pushing through it so yeah for me the biggest challenge is to actually be there and to physically do the work and um, we might lose her for a week yeah like that was in our planning we had to work that in you know like what if what if you crash and you can't do anything for it? Okay, well, let's just plan for that, you know, yeah. and be okay with that. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm I'm feeling good because I've um I'm so out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm in a world of pain, but the excitement and the adrenaline is really keeping me is keeping me there. And it's like I almost have this little bit of FOMO, like, oh, I can't, I can't go to bed. I have to like be here. <laughs> So, yeah, that's my big sort of internal push is my health, I guess you could say. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, you know, it's 
that that adds another layer of I think inspiration of you even though you're having those challenges still wanting to like get up and go and you know be a part of it yeah that's that's amazing and no as close as both of you are and you can really tell that and I know that you know, spend a lot of time together and all of that. And I'm also wondering just during this process of of this tiny house journey for you, is there anything new that you've learned about each other? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And in fact, we it's starting to get freaky. We think we're morphing <laughs> into the same person. We could not be more different. I'm like city girl you know, American, American, <laughs> like go to art museums and drinks kombucha and eats tofu. Yeah. And she's a country girl, but she doesn't mind if I call her a bogan, Duh. total bogan. She says I've the, got wrong, the inner bogan in me. The, she says the wrong words for everything. <laughs> like I half the time I'm like, translate, please. I don't know what you're saying. Um, and yet we will like be texting each other the exact same thing at the same time. We'll show up wearing the same, same clothes outfit. always. <laughs> or like I'll say something and just as I've said it, Chris is like, oh, my God, I was about to say that. Like- or I've got it in my hand because we're like arriving at the same conclusion at the same time. So, so yeah, if anything, we've just kind of become more in tune with each yeah, other. super intuitive. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's so beautiful. And I can even, even just as like we're, we're talking today, I can feel this kind of like flow of, you know, when one of you speaks and then the other one picks up on the end and it's like this beautiful dance. So yeah, I can, I can really feel that. And I, I'm also curious as well, like for each of you, what's maybe one of the most valuable lessons that you've learned during this, this project? The mind's a powerful thing. You set your mind to it just got to do it like I don't know like just jump some hurdles there's always going to be hurdles I think what I've learned that I didn't know before is how can swing a hammer (laughs) yes (laughs) no how to what an impact driver is yeah oh yeah and in my I love my impact driver that's so true because I didn't know the difference between like an impact driver and a drill I thought they were the same thing but you need to use both at the same time sometimes yeah but the the airy fairy answer to that question is I think I didn't realize how infectious our enthusiasm and positivity would be for everybody else I'm so pleasantly surprised that we are not getting haters we're getting lovers You know what I mean? That people are jumping on board this crazy train that we're calling living big time. What are we? I don't even know. We just just named ourselves. I think you renamed it. Big life, tiny home. Big life, tiny home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's so cool. I love it. I actually watched your video of of the different names that you were throwing around with your families or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we can't remember it. It's only two weeks old. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's great. That's like, great. It's so important for us to to be authentic and to be real. I guess, you know, out in the social media world, there's a lot of polished stuff happening. You know, you see um, the polished part of people's life. So we kind we of really, refuse. yeah, we, we just want to show, I mean, we don't want to just have all the highlight reels up. We do want to show like, you know, the hard parts about it and put it out there like, I'm sure there's going to be coming up soon where Bryce is going to be in tears because she wants to push through, but she just can't. Like, so 
So, you know, we just really want to be um, who we are and just, yeah, not sort of polish ourselves for the social media world. Yeah, we're not doing the highlight reel. We're doing the behind the scenes, nitty gritty, the real adventures of Brian and Chris building the tiny home. Yeah, we are who we are. You get what you get. (laughs) And, you know, I think that's probably a big reason why people are so drawn to you you know you're saying it feels like you're like brightening up people's days and you know different uh workers are wanting to come back to to help you on the side and all of that and uh, I think that's great and you can definitely feel that authenticity through your videos online too and I think that's such a, a refreshing thing these days because as you said Bri that you know often it's the highlight reels that that you see and people can feel and connect that uh, connect to that authenticity and that that being real and, and showing up as you rather than a filtered down version or something. So that's that's great. And as we start to wrap up the conversation, is there anything that you'd like to maybe leave the listeners with in terms of maybe someone's thinking about wanting to start their journey to build a tiny house, but maybe they're held back a little bit or they don't know where to start? Is there any final words you want to leave with them? Uh, I think just um, ask a lot of questions. This entire journey started with me not thinking I needed to know exactly where I was going. So, you know, go to a tiny home show, um, reach out to tiny home builders, look on Pinterest, listen to this podcast. You know what I mean? Like, which is marinate yourself in what's out there. And then the path will appear ahead of you. Then you'll start to, it's like casting a really wide net. And then you d- you'll distill it down to where you want to go with it. Yeah, beautiful. And we have an inbox. So if anyone wants to reach out to us, we'd so, love it. We'd love it. We're so mm-hmm. welcome to like, yeah, chat to us if they've got some blockages. You know, we're two chicks that don't know what we're doing, but we're going to do it anyway. So if we can give some people some um, confidence, inspiration to do it, then Awesome. Yeah. We want to be part of the community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're going to just get ourselves right in there. (laughs) Watch out, tiny home community. We're coming. So good. So good. And what, um, where's the best people? uh, Let me say that again. Where's the best place people can find you online? Biglife.tinyhome on Instagram would be, or we're on Facebook as well. We actually yeah. haven't changed our name on Facebook yet. We're still um, our we interior design name, but we will. So, yeah, we're biglife.tinyhome. And then we're building a YouTube channel, so watch this space. Oh, great. Well, I, w- I will put everything in the show notes. And actually, I'll just ask you one last question. Is there anything else that you feel like we haven't touched on when it comes to this project that you just wanted to share with everyone or um, and what's com- what's coming up? What's coming up? Probably lots of giggles. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully no more walls go up backwards. Oh, and hopefully only minor injuries. Yeah. Minor, <laughs> minor injuries, mistakes, humour and a beautiful, the most beautiful tiny home in Australia. I'm just yeah. going to put it out there. That's what's coming Throwing up. Throwing down really. the gauntlet. Love it. So stay tuned on your Instagram page for footage of all of that. I'm I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, yes. we're gonna yeah, and we're then a longer form longer format YouTube channel to come. Okay. Perfect. Um are you do you know if you're gonna be calling it the same name then? Yes. Big Life Tiny House. Okay, cool. Well, I'll put um some information about that in the show notes and then yeah, people can come and check yeah. you out there. Uh, Chris and Bry, 
I wanted to say thank you so much for your time today. You guys are so much fun and I can really feel this um, this love between you and this uh, playful humor and, you know, that so many things. I mean, I've already said it before on the, the show today, but thank you so much for sharing your story and your experiences. And I can't wait to watch your journey unfold as it, as it happens. And thank you so much again for being here. Thank you yeah. so much. It's Thanks been an, for having us. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, we're so stoked with what you're doing and to be part of it. Yeah, you your podcast was actually the um, when I was in my um, tiny home rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. It was the first podcast that I come across and actually started to listen to in the world of tiny homes. So thank you for bringing that to me. Oh, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. You know, getting to connect with people like you is one of the probably my favorite part of this. So yeah, it's my absolute pleasure. And just like both of you have said, like, you know, wanting to be part of the the tiny house community and giving back and all of that, it's uh, definitely part of my intention too. So thank you. And yeah, it's great to be a part of uh, the the community and the journey with you. So, uh, and if you're listening to this episode at home, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here with us. If you want more tiny house conversations, Stay tuned every Thursday for new episodes and I'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. And if you enjoyed the conversation today, you found it valuable and you want to support the podcast, the best way you can do that is to share the love. That way I can keep bringing you more tiny house conversations to help you on your own tiny journey. So here are three ways that you can support the podcast. Number one, if you have a friend or family member that you feel would benefit from hearing these conversations, feel free to share it with them, email them, text them, send them a telegram, do whatever you need to do to share it with them. Number two, if you hit the subscribe button, you'll know exactly when the next episode is live. And number three, if you head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review, Thank you so much in advance. I appreciate you and I'll see you in the next episode.